Welcome to the New Vision Church podcast. New Vision Church is a diverse, Bible-teaching, Jesus-centered church in San Diego, California, and exists to transform people and their communities by replicating followers of the biblical Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's this week's sermon. Well, good morning, New Vision. Good to see everybody. My name is James Pope. I haven't had the opportunity and privilege of meeting you. Uh, I look forward to that. I'm not Pete Contreras, if you haven't seen. Normally, I like follow up behind like a white pastor, and I always tell them, hey, I'm whoever that person is, and they're like, but Pete's about as dark as I am, so I can't do that. I always tell them that I've just been in the Bahamas or someplace like that, and I just grabbed hold of a tan and all that, but I can't do that. That joke doesn't work. My jokes don't work anyway, right, Mr. Beck? Where's Brian at? Anyway, it's a pleasure to uh, bring the word with you this morning, or if you have your Bibles, open up to 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, For those of you that were there in in Canto on Friday night, this is going to be a little bit different, so don't worry. Like, oh man, I already heard that before. If you were wondering where um, Franklin gets his muscles from, it is from carrying that big jug of water. He's usually deadlifting it or he's doing curls with it and he's pressing. He's like, man, how can you drink all that water? But in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 15, you know, if I was to title it, I titled, well, I, I did title it. It's learning to love God and others by trusting God and others. <clears throat> so when we're going we're to read the word, I'm going to read straight through the passage. And then this morning, I'm just going to do some reflections and reflecting on certain passages. You know, if you want to know a little bit more detail and some of the things that I shared, you can go online and, and take a look at uh, what I shared on Friday. But um, the Lord has struck me with a couple of different thoughts. Um, you know, when, when you and I read the Word, it, it, it really should hit us personally. You know, sometimes we're always, oh yeah, those people need to hear that, or that person needs to hear that. But you know, man, if, if that's you, you got the wrong heart. You know, we, we, we need to have that heart that, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? I mean, the Lord went through great pains to give you and I his word so that when he is up in his kingdomness, that you and I can turn to something to where he can, and we open it up, and he wants to say this, I want to speak to you, my son. I want to speak to you, my daughter. Everything is going to be okay. Things might hurt and things might be a little tough, but it's going to be all right. It is. But there may be some things that might have to change. Might have to change your stinking thinking for a minute. And I know that, oh man, I know that I do. So um, if you would, uh, let's let's, uh, pray one more time and Father, we have come individually to hear a word from you today. Though we're a body of believers that have collected together, Lord, and there's one message going out, but at the same time, you have the power individually to speak to our unique situation. And you want to do that. 
and has already we prayed, whatever is in the way, we pray in Jesus' name, his power and his authority, that you would remove, whether it's the scale over our eyes or the plugs that we put in our ears, and maybe it's our own fingers sticking in our ears, Lord, that we don't want to hear from you, but we know that we do need to hear from you. So help us, we pray this morning, God, and let us begin to walk the path of righteousness, which is humility, in you today. Thank you that you're pleased with us because of your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin and has removed the sin away from us as far as the east is from the west. But then yet there are some that don't know that yet, Lord, and have not received the vaccine of Christ, have not received the antidote of Christ, and yet are still stuck in their sin. And so we pray that perhaps today is vaccination day. Perhaps today is the antidote day because you are the way, the truth, and the life, and none can come to you except through him. And so we thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for how it applies in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, For those of you that don't know me either, I hate it. He humbles me this way, but sometimes water flies out of my face. I can't help it. Sometimes it's snot, but I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I might need that. All right, 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 1, and it reads this way. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him, the Lord had given victory to Syria. That's a huge line there. He was also a mighty man of valor, this guy Naaman. But he had a serious skin disease. He was a leper. And Lord, would you speak, would you speak to the Naamans that are in here? Would you speak to all the characters that we're going to read in this historical, biblical account, Lord. It's history, not fairy tale or fable. It's history that we're reading. And so for every character that's in this word and every character that's here today, would you speak to their hearts? And so, and the Assyrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master would were with the prophet who is in Samaria, which is north of, of Jerusalem. It's the, the region between Jerusalem and the, the, everything west of the Jordan River, the region of Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Naaman's got a little hope that perhaps they could be healed of this leprosy. Then the king of Syria said, go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. And if you're wondering how much all that was, so was everybody else. It's just a lot of money that he, and resources that he put down and, uh, and sent down there with Naaman. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. 
And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. What a faithless king of Israel he was. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you? Now, back up just a minute because I I just feel I need to say it again. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Old dirty, nasty Jordan. Washing it seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Hmm. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I, had, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me. He'll come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpur? the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Wonder if war would have ensued after this. And the servants came near and spoke to him and said, now I love this, it's what it says because these servants are intimate here. Servants. Say this to their master, Naaman, my father. If the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean? Interesting that the servants would come and be the voice of reason for just a moment. So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan. According to the saying of the man of God, And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And returned, and he returned to the man of God. He and all his aides. And came and stood before him and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. What a huge takeaway for Naaman. And I hope and pray that during the course of your time when you spend in the word of God that that would be like the statement that you would make in all of life. Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. And bringing it down and accept in my own heart. Is that, and is this your statement? Because I submit to you today, it needs to be. It ought to be. Because if it's not, 
as Naaman was tempted to be, it's going to tear you so far away from God to no remedy. So how did Naaman arrive at this conclusion? And I'm submitting, as I just submitted to you today, it was God that brought him down this path. And it's a strange path. And it's a crazy path. And I want to say to you also, the path that you have been on, which you would probably have said in your own hearts and in your own minds, there's no way that God is with me. There's no way that he's surrounded me and is helping me in my time of trouble, tribulation, and hardship. There's no way that he sees me because my life seems to be just a big, miserable mess. But when we look at Naaman, you know, when we first read in the first chapter that he was a great and honorable man. Yes, and it's true. Gosh, he was in charge of so many things. But he had this serious, debilitating skin disease that was leading him down this path to death. But I think what you're going to see now is the hard, providential, loving care and concern of God in the midst of this. Because if you remember the statement that it made that the Lord had given Naaman victory. Now, the Syrians were the enemies of all the nations of Israel, all the tribes of Israel, and the Lord had given him victory over them. God blessing the enemies of Israel, his people? So, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's for God so loved the world. He so loved even Naaman... He so loved even the Syrians. He so loved even all the enemies that you could ever list against the children of God and God himself. He still loved them. He's going to find a way and make a way for them to come to know him. He just is. But we want to become prideful. God, smite our enemies. Let's just go and blow them off the planet. <laughs> but that, is that God's heart? If you turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, you'll see something pretty interesting of what Peter has to say about the Lord. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing this is it. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is, was up to something for not only his own kids, but he's up to something for even Syria. Because even in the passages that, you're gonna, that, that we have read through, we've come to see that God benefited Naaman with victories. He benefited him with courage. He benefited him with power, prestige, greatness, honor, even riches from his king and master. And I'll even submit to you that he even benefited him with leprosy. Oh, how can he benefit him with leprosy? How do you say that, James? Oh, it's kind of a weird way of looking at God. Yeah, I guess it is. But you know, 
that leprosy began to lead him down a path of trying to find some semblance of, oh man, I got it. I got this, this disease that's deadening my, the sense, senses in, in my skin and man, I bang things up and I, I get infections and next thing you know, these body parts are going to start falling off as if you know the history of lep- those that were contracted leprosy. And eventually, I'm going to die. Not to mention, in the process of it, it's going to stink to high heaven. There goes the intimacy with your wife, right? There goes your intimacy with friends. Just say, hey, hello. Oh, hello. How are you, David? Oh, good to see you. No, it's not really good to see you. Just stay right there. (laughs) Now, the children of Israel, they had laws and rules and regulations. Yes, you had to announce that you, had, if, that you were a leper, and then you stayed away, and you quarantined away. You're quarantined. But not Naaman, not Syria, not the other lands. You know, the Hebrew culture had that, but the rest of them don't. So he can just slide on up wherever he wants, stinking up the place if he wanted to. But it started leading him down a path. And remember, he, gave, he had victory. So he's not only just coming down and raiding you know, the, the regions of, of Israel, but he, as far as he could probably stretch his, his, his will. And probably trying to also search out that maybe there's by chance, hey, what about your God? Will your God heal me? I mean, serious gods, what happened to those gods? Those gods didn't heal him, did they? He's worshiping Baal and all these other idols. They had no effect on him. So he's down this path, and he's, he's, he's hopeful. He's hopeful, but he's in a rock, between a rock and a hard place. You know, I remember there was a time for me that, you know, I thought I was being a pretty good guy, really nice guy. I tried to help a friend. I, I tried to help him off of drugs, and... and uh, and some of you that know me know a little bit of the story. I don't have time to go into all of it. But at the end result of it was this gang of druggies and the leader of, the drug, of these druggies wanted to kill me as a result. And, you know, my wife and was pregnant with our first child, James. And so I had all just all these worries and, in my heart and mind. And I'm just freaked out. And I'm like... How in the world did I get here? I'm not doing anything but just trying to help someone. God, how did you let this happen kind of thing? Because I love you, James. You're going about your life thinking everything is just go grand and, you know, but guess what? I love you so much not to leave you in that state because you really need me. and You don't know that you need me, but you need me. And I had no place to turn. I went to the police, couldn't get any help there. I mean, you name it, the San Leandro Police Department, the Oakland Police Department, no help. As a matter of fact, San Leandro Police Department on strike. So, So, I'm telling you, night and day, I'm like, Lord, help me cover these things. So to make a long story short, Time transpired and moved out of the area and all that sort of thing. 
There's a lot to this story. But 13 years later, the leader of that whole group has to come to Caring Ministries, of which I'm a case manager there, and they assign him to me. They have no idea what's going on. All I know is I see this guy who wanted to murder me 13 years ago is standing right there at the door. Oh, my gosh. So I just pretended like I didn't know him, and he's pretending the same thing, too, because he's on parole, and he's thinking I'm going to light him up and talk to his parole. Anyway. But the end result of this is that I end up leading him to the Lord about six months later. So God is up to something even with your enemies. And remember, I, I, I had said this. I have to read it because, I, hey, I got the memory of a goldfish. Learning to love God and others by trusting God and others. And you'll hear me say this on a couple of other scriptures that we're going to share. But I think if Namos was here, here today, he would have learned David's psalm. And this one in Psalm 23, For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, it comforts me. You lead me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil openly, and you pour my cup to the full where it runs over. Surely goodness, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I believe with my whole heart that God was leading him down that same path that David has, had been led down prior to all this. And I submit to you that he's doing the same with you. With all the hurt and the pain and the hardship and the failure and the roots of bitterness that are just deep in there and that stuff that you don't even know. It's just like, I just don't even know what I'm feeling, but ow, ow, I... And for the faithful, we have the promises in Romans 8 where the things that we didn't know not to, uh, the, the, the prayers that we ought to pray for, we have no idea what it is, but the spirit inside of us does, and it intercedes on our behalf because we're too ridiculously ignorant to be able to articulate a prayer that we really need. So he does it for us. Thank you, Lord. So down this path of righteousness is humility. It's a repentance. Naaman had to go the way of humility just as much as you and I have to go the way of humility. But we want to do it our own way. And I hope and pray that Frank Sinatra, though he sang that song, I hope and pray that he realized just like Naaman that you can't have it your way. Maybe at Burger King for a minute. But I had it my way. And where did it lead him? He died. 
That's what's in, in store for us, doing it our way. But doing it his way is life and relationship with him and life and relationship with his people for eternity. And pulling us up out of the sin and the muck and mire that pulls us down and leads us into death. Death for the, the child of God is only a shadow. Ooh, it passed by. Oh, man. Thank you, Lord, that it's just a shadow for us. But for those that do not receive the antidote or receive the vaccine of Christ, it's more than just a shadow. It's a reality. Eternal reality, weeping and gnashing of teeth. That, man, I was an idiot because I had the opportunity to die to self. I had the opportunity to humble myself before a powerful and loving and merciful God that had nothing but joy and treasures evermore at his right hand for me. And I spurned it away for some drugs, some alcohol, some sex that really didn't have any meaning or love behind it. So, um, wow. Oh, man. Man, I guess it was like, I'm, I guess I just traded it in for a pot of soup. Might as well. Hmm. Andrew Murray said this about humility. Humility is completely and utterly trusting God for everything. Everything. Everything, Pastor. Everything. Everything. You know, when you, and I, and I hope and pray you go back and read the passage and you read back further than what I read uh, because there's just so much fascinating things in there. But think about this for a minute. Naaman... Here he is, he is the commander of the Syrian army. And he listened to a servant girl that was captured on one of their raids. When you look at a lot of the enemies through Israel, all the enemies of Israel are just like, don't listen to those dirty, rotten, little low-down Jews. They're unclean. But he's like, huh, little servant girl from Israel says I can get some healing. Hey, king, hey, guess what? I might be able to get healed down there in, in Israel. Oh, snap. King's sitting here going, hey, let's go check this out because you know what? If you die, we, won't, we might not be victorious anymore because the Lord God is the one who made you victorious. Hmm. Even though that king did not know that Lord. He did not. But he knew something was up because, man, he was a great and honorable man, and God gave him victory. So, all right, it's in my best interest to get you healed up. And he uses all his resources, not all, but he gave him some resources to go down and get his healing, as if he could purchase it. Some of us in this room have been trying to purchase some healings and things and trying to find other ways of trying to fix this thing and hopefully that nobody finds out that I got this broken thing over here because if they find out I got this broken thing over here they might not stand next to me anymore they might not talk to me anymore they might not be a friend of me anymore as a matter of fact I might be an outcast if they find that out so I'm going to do everything that I can to do it behind the scenes because they think they're going to be beaten down by the throngs. And yes, we have done that with each other. And, and God forgive us for doing that. 
just like Brother Larry was telling me earlier today, that we're all broken. We all need to be fixed. You know, just like celebrate recovery should be packed out. It's just not from drugs and alcohol and, you know. But gosh, we've got things that are jacked up. And until we lay it down before Christ openly, until we dip in some what looks to be dirty and nasty water, I'd rather dip, dip myself in some clean bathtub water. But you want me to do it ahead and go in the dirt? Okay, I'm going to go in the dirt. Whoa. I remember when I went to Israel, you know, and I saw all these guys. You know, there's the uh, Dead Sea. Beautiful looking water, but you don't want to put it in your mouth and you get it in your eyes and anything. Great looking water. But everybody was laying around in the mud. You know, I'm like, what's going on? Everybody, and they're putting the mud on them. You know, and I'm like, man, I ain't come here to just get dirty. But anyway, I went in the water and just, and I noticed something as I walked out. Hey, I feel pretty soft. So I went back in and I got, got a little mud. And man, I'm tell your your skin feels like a baby coming out of that. I was and it's, so they're not now they got you now because then you go all those other things and you buy those little soaps with mud and dirt and other stuff. <laughs> trying to get that feeling, but we end up having to humble ourselves. Proverbs three. I'm going to go there and, and and you'll if you know me, I'm I'm always going there. Probably almost every sermon. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. I think if, if Naaman was here today, he would tell you, I learned this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Remember how he was arguing? His understanding isn't the, isn't the water better over here in, in Damascus than even over here in Syria, uh, Israel? That's his own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And God has been doing that from the servant girl, from his wife, from the king of Syria. He doesn't realize it, but he's being led down this path. And even his very own servants even had to tell him, Hey, I know this just doesn't make sense, but why don't you give it a shot? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear, reverence, respect, and honor the Lord and depart from evil. For it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. If any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what he has for us. But that comes through humility. I'm going to flip over to Philippians chapter 2. And we're in uh, Philippians uh, Sunday nights. And... If I'm not mistaken, are you up? Okay, 5 to 11, yes. Which, which verses do you have? 5 through 11. 5 through 11, okay, hold on. Make sure I'm not stealing, stealing some of your, your thunder here. But this is real, real important that we cover it. I'm going to actually just do verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. And to a certain degree, he had to listen to the servant girls, and, the, and he had to listen to his wife. He had to listen to even Elisha. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And so we see the king doing that, and we see also 
the servant girl who did that. You know, if I was the servant girl that had been taken captive and taken away and stripped from her family, stripped from her friends, stripped from her country, and I see this guy that I'm helping his wife, yeah, but you know what? I, and I learned you got leprosy. Oh, man, Lord, would you kill him? Would you kill him? Would you kill him? That's the heart of the flesh. But she's doing the right thing. She's keeping, really, the essence of the Torah, to Lord, the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because if you do, it's going to show up in how you love others. Because that's the, the children of Israel, that's what they were supposed to do. They weren't supposed to be trying to rain down fire on their enemies. They had to remember that they themselves were once slaves in Egypt. So they had to take care of, if they had slaves, they had to make sure that they took care of slaves that were bought and put up underneath their care. Slavery is something that when sin entered into this world, if that was put into the heart of men, sin, hatred. And so we're to fight against sin and hatred. As, as bad and as, as slavery is, yes, we're, it, but it exists. But God does some magnificent, magnificent things through it. Doesn't give us an excuse for it, but he has done some magnificent, magnificent things through it. And we are seeking our release from sin, our release from death, our release from our flesh that we're enslaved to, to being set free to life and love and liberty in Christ. So that's what it's leading to. But you're not going to be able to appreciate this until you actually understand the reality of a man apart from God is stuck in slavery. And so he uses this, this whole metaphor of slavery all the way through the scriptures so that you and I would come to know as much as you think that you're free, you're not. Until you come to the saving and loving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you're still enslaved to sin. That's why you got so many hate, haters out there, why you've got so many people that are stuck in bigotry and, and all sorts of other stuff. They're not free. They're enslaved to their own mind and their own selfish ways and their greed. One other thing that I noticed um, in these passages is the biblical principle of humbling ourselves, which leads to exaltation and exalting our, versus exalting ourselves, leading to destruction. Your trauma, your pain, your fault, your failure, your illness could be your, your blessing in disguise, and it can drive you to Christ. So, well, Pastor, I'm, I just got diagnosed with this, and I'm going to die. Well, yeah, it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We're all going to die. And everybody, and Jesus knows the day and the hour when we're to go and how we're going to go. We just don't know. So, man, I better live my life right now. But at the same time, may I have that same hope that Naaman has as he's groping for the answer because now I will find him. Because he says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Turn to uh, Psalms 103. Somebody, I'm sure, has, needs to hear this, and I know that for, for me, I need this reminder. But I, again, as I said earlier, I, I think if Naaman was here today and if he had the opportunity to have read the word and he came across this, this would be a, his verse. It's a Psalm of David, though. But Naaman would say this, 
because of what has transpired in his life and the healing that he took, the newness of life that came upon him, being born again, I submit to you, when he says it just felt like the flesh of a baby. He was new. Ooh. Can you imagine knowing that you're going to die and that you've got scales and, you know, you have to wrap yourself up and bind yourself and, you know, and you, in, the, in the constant smell of death? And then all of a sudden, whew, I'm new. Can you imagine? Man, I would, man, I would just bless the Lord, oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul and forget not all his benefits. What are the benefits? who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, is two, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. But he hasn't healed me. I don't have my disease healed yet. Well, yeah, so... There's, he can heal you this side of heaven, but you, you know, we do know that we're still going to die. But the ultimate is, this is all of our Psalms to be, when we're absent from the body to be present with the Lord. That's why, man, you know, my family used to get upset at me and then I had to apologize to my wife because, you know, that's one thing I long, I long to go home. I do. I mean, because the promises in here are yes and amen for me. And I've suffered much. And I'm sure you've suffered much. And I'm sure I can't handle the suffering that you've been. But, man, the suffering that I've had has just been extreme for me. My shoes, oh, nasty. And, oh, oh Lord, take me home. But it isn't because I, I don't want to be with my family, but I do but I, I want to trust that God has my family and I hope that they would have that in their hearts that, oh, dad's going home to be where he's always wanted to go and looking forward to it. But at the same time, I, God did this with me the other day. He just gave me a glimpse, you know, and I, and I was just like selfish of me at the same time to leave, to leave my wife having to suffer. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say, I, I do want to go when God says so. But I don't want to go before the time, and I don't want to leave you because I love you, my dear, very much. And I don't want you to have to be back here suffering because of stupid old me. But at the same time, there is that still longing to be clothed in his perfection, in his righteousness. And again, that comes through humility, though. It doesn't come through our pride and our arrogance and our commanding and our demanding of things. It comes in yielding to his spirit and yielding to the word of God and living the word of God out in full context, not just a little particular scripture here, but what does the whole Bible say in the full context? And so now that verse should fit in that that you did pick. And then you'll be okay. Otherwise, you're going to be cults. People think that it's okay to hate because you're a Christian. You can hate those folks over there and you can hate those folks over there. no. You've just self-deceived yourself. There's no, way, there's no room for hate in here. God does not give you excuse to hate at all in here. So you are not listening to it right. You're not reading it right. You haven't heard from him rightly. 
So the radical obedience that we've seen in Naaman to a certain degree as he just humbly submitted himself to these folks. And he finally, at the, the last request of his, the servants, as he was angry, his, it's interesting that you talked about anger. In his anger, he let go and trusted. And he pressed through the dark cloud of, man, mystery. Oh, God, are you behind that dark cloud? And he pressed through the shadow of the death to find his healing. So the books of Kings tells us the story of the divided kingdom of people of God and how their leaders led them down a path to turning their backs on God and doing what they thought was right in their own eyes. Now this led to the northern kingdom of Samaria of being taken captive by the Assyrians and then later uh, the tribe of Judah is taken captive by Babylon. And this is a picture of what leprosy or sin will do in our lives. It'll carry us captive and away from God to the seemingly bottomless pit of hell. Let us not go that route. You and I, every moment we need Christ, and I pray that if, if this is the first time that you're hearing it, that you would begin to consider that turning to Christ. You can try, try it all. Try it all. I'm sure Naaman tried it all. But the reality of it is, is he eventually got to, to the Christ in the scriptures. Let us learn from Naaman, who's an enemy of God, who humbles himself and turns to God for healing, renewal, and reconciliation. In a sense, it's an objective lesson to the, tribe of Is- the tribes of Israel. Here, the enemies of God are turning to God when the children of God had turned their backs against God, and they get carted off to, into slavery, whereas Naaman and the Syrians, I mean, think about it. Not only was Naaman, his wife, the servant girl, and all the aides that had gone with him, the servants that had gone with him, the entourage and the small army that had gone with him, they were all witness to the testimony of his healing. And they had to go all the way back to Syria. You think they're going to be able to keep that secret there? No, Syria is hearing all about it, even though they're following these false gods and stuff, but they're going to start watching Naaman because, remember, he was a great and honorable man. They're going to fall on his words and go, hmm. Do you, have you given some certain thought to some of this, though? How come in a region that seems to be so filled with idol-worshiping and paganistic gods that there are spots of Christians throughout the region of Syria and Judaism throughout the region of Syria. How did that happen? I wonder if they gave some time and consideration to, man, there was this guy, Naaman, man. Whew. And it was impossible, but man, he got some serious healing down there from the God of Israel. Gotta give some time and thought and consideration to that. That's why the, the, the testimony, your testimony is very important. It's what over, overcomes Satan in the world is your testimony. I, I, I did not mention um, too much about the man of God in the scripture, which is Elisha. I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to uh, close in communion. But before there was Elisha in the scriptures, there was Elijah, and he was the, the known famous prophet of the day. He spoke to God. God spoke to him. He was to be faithful to go and speak to the nations. 
and the the other religious fruitcakes of the land and speak against them and point them back to God. And then his time was up. And as his time was up, the chariots of fire came down to pick him up and swoop him up. But before he swooped him up, he gave to his assistant a double portion of his spirit. So as he ascends, he gives a double portion of his, of his connection and godly power to Elisha. And this is a glimpse of what Christ has done. You know, this is type and shadow of Christ is... If you remember, when G- after Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, and was viewed by so many different people, it was ridiculous, which would hold up in a court of law. All you need is two to hold up in a court of law, and over 500 people seen him. Then he ascends into the heavens, and, it has, and then he sends back the day of Pentecost, his Holy Spirit, to be with his people, to endow them with power and wisdom beyond themselves. That's what he that's what he does. So when I see this picture of Elisha and him holding to his priestly office, he doesn't turn and, and, and go and visit because he's just he'll be unclean if he turns and opens the door to Naaman. So he's not going to do that. He maintains his integrity as a prophet of God and as a as a good Jew would do, not to go not to be unclean. But he gives the command on what he's supposed to do. You and I should be be listening to the men and women of God that God puts in your life and listen intently to him. In accordance to the word also, because there are false prophets out there. And so you got to check it. And it tells you to do that. And so if this is in line with what the man of God would tell you to do or the woman of God would tell you to do, whoever God has put into your sphere of influence to be that representative, you, hey, trust the Holy Spirit within that individual. But I wanted you to see that Elisha was a type and shadow of the Christ to come. And this is who Naaman actually submitted himself to, the spirit behind him. And he received his healing. And so when you and I ask, or we come and we ask, you know, hey, those things that are in here that you need to do business with, you know, and we telling you to pray and asking you to pray, hey, we're not just telling you just because it's just, oh, well, it's just this. So it could be a waste of your time, but because we believe what the Bible says. In James, <clears throat> excuse me, in James chapter 5, it says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil, dipping themselves in the Jordan seven times in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. In his roundabout way, we saw Naaman confessing his trespasses by, going, by, by repenting from going his one way and now following the, the words of even his servants. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then uh, lastly, I just want to make a point for that servant girl because I was just really impressed with her. Brother, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back... Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from, the death, from death and cover a multitude of sin. You know, the, again, the hurt and pain that she had of being ripped away from her family, she didn't allow that to, to, to affect her and keep her from sharing the truth that she had in her heart with him and ultimately turned him away from the error of his ways 
doing things in his, in his own mind, but now turning to do what the man of God had asked him and told him to do. And uh, so don't let that be you, a stubborn Naaman, Naaman. Be the Naaman that turned and repented and got what God had in store for him. So whatever that is for you, um, I pray that you would do that. You know, we offer to pray after service. You can make appointments with, with us, all the pastors or, um, or leaders in, in the church. Just don't sit and just think that, oh, I'm just going to be stuck with this forever. Trust what the Word of God says. He wants to deliver you from these things that just beset you and that trouble you and hurt you. So, amen. Thanks again for joining us. Contact us or learn more at our website, newvision.city. See you next time.